Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today we're pulling apart a new classic, monkey bread, a sweet cinnamon roll baked in a bundt pan. We'll also review King Arthur's hot buttered soft pretzels and the globetrotting gourmet bundles up to eat some delicious desserts in Finland. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, I found a new item in the produce section of my grocery store, and I wanted to tell you about it and see if you'd ever heard of it. Okay. It is called a golden berry, and it is from Colombia. Colombia in South America. Yes. Yeah. Not Columbia, Missouri, where I went to college. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, just to be clear. Thank okay. you for clarifying. I believe the particular item it actually said it was from Bogota, so yes have not tell me more it was new to me as well luckily they had a sample open so i could try it they're small they're about the size of a raspberry i'd say they're a beautiful yellow color they have kind of a wrinkly skin a little bit on the thick side um so maybe think a grape tomato but smaller and yellow that's probably the okay closest and when you bite into it it's just got this lovely sweet slash tart flavor i had never had it i didn't know what to do with it when i got home i looked it up and it suggested that you can use it in place of citrus fruits in regular recipes and one of their suggestions was in lemon bars you could use a mixture of the golden berries in with your lemons so i just thought it was such an interesting new thing that i had never seen before so does it look like a raspberry you know how it has the kind of hole in the middle you can see where it was growing on on a vine and then it was picked yes yes you can see that it was picked off of a vine yes Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. well delicious and andrea i think you are going to want to pay special attention to globetrotting gourmet later in this episode that's all i shall say for now oh that's called a teaser people there (laughs) you just heard it yep (laughs) we're so subtle Hey, Andrea, we're talking about bread all month during our listener-requested theme month of bread. As we always say, we just run across things to talk about all the time. And I was just reading a newspaper research done that people who bake bread, uh, you can actually help your mental health. People who make bread by hand are less anxious and less nervous. They are more relaxed and that making real bread, I'm quoting now, uh, can offer therapeutic benefits. And the uh, they're actually in the UK here, they're going to fund another study to study therapeutic bread making even further. So what do you know? Don't you think that makes sense? Oh my gosh. How do I sign up to be a study I know. participant? <laughs> 
<laughs> Therapeutic bread. Yes, I'm totally on it. No pun intended, but you need to have uh, patience and you need to get your hands right in there. There's no rushing it. When you make bread, you're kind of making bread and that can be a very relaxing place to be in. Have you heard of mm-hmm. uh, like that flow state people get in mm-hmm. and, and just kind of mm-hmm. everything falls away. You're really concentrating on your task, like a mindful meditation. I think we've talked about yes. that in the kitchen yes. before mm-hmm. as well. And so I thought that was really interesting and just further that this month we should just all be feeling very calm and relaxed as we're as we're making all our bread well i am glad we are contributing to our listeners mental health through that's our right. bread baking i did notice when you were quoting from that article you said by hand and i think that definitely the kneading is a big part of that therapeutic relaxing calming i tend to make no need breads so <laughs> perhaps i'm not getting as big of a benefit but i think there's also a benefit on the flip side when you walk into your house after you've made bread and especially if like you've left the house for an hour and you've you know forgotten that you were doing it and you come back in and you smell that freshly baked bread my mood spikes up so high I can't even tell you so I think there's there's a benefit even if you're not kneading by hand if you're making it if you're getting your hands in there you're shaping the dough you're putting the loaves into and out of the oven I still see a benefit there so Thanks for sharing that. That sounds really like a reason to make more bread as far as I'm concerned. And if I can make another pun, it's an uplifting experience. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We are on a roll. Your mood will rise. (laughs) Listeners, remember in our bread month, we're also having book club. Our book this month is Sourdough by Robin Sloan. If you haven't yet had a chance to grab it, there's still time left. It is a pretty quick read. It's a fun book. It's fiction and it fits in perfectly with our theme. So go ahead and pick up a copy of Sourdough. We'll be talking about it at the end of the month and we'd love to hear what all of you think about that particular book. Andrea, up next is our review of King Arthur Flowers Hot Buttered Soft Pretzels. How much do I love a recipe that starts with the two words hot buttered? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that just already we know. Winner! Yeah, we know we're gonna love it. Yes. Mm. So um, as I mentioned last episode, uh, my husband especially was very excited to learn that finally soft pretzels were were coming out of the preheated kitchen. (laughs) This is a very well-written recipe. It has a couple of variations for you if you're going to make this by hand with the bread machine in a food processor. So I thought that was was really nice because I like to do all of those things. It's nice to have one-stop shop for your recipe. These were your usual suspects as far as a yeast dough goes. All-purpose flour, salt and sugar, instant yeast in the UK. That's known as easy-bake yeast, uh, warm water. And also just a really nice tip here that uh, we've talked about in the past, too, that in the uh, winter, you might need to use a little bit more water and in the spring and fall, maybe somewhere in between. So they give you a range of, of water. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, you're shaping those into your classic pretzel pretzel shape and then putting them in a bath, which is hot water and baking soda, mm-hmm. and uh, then popping them in the oven and brushing them with that aforementioned butter as soon as they come out and sprinkle a salt. Andrea, here is my one-sentence review. Don't stay alone in the house when you've made hot buttered soft pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> why Why? Why not, Stefan? What could happen? Because then your husband, who is so excited <laughs> that you're finally making them, comes home and is like, where did those hot buttered soft pretzels <laughs> Poor guy. He just comes home and sees these little crumbs <laughs> on the counter. <laughs> some salt, some stray flakes of salt. I did manage to tuck away a few for him, but it was pretty serious. 
These were delicious. I love them a lot. How did it go for you? Yeah, I can second that review. I made them on a Sunday morning. My daughter had a book club that afternoon, so I knew we were going to have four kids over. So eight pretzels. I thought this is perfect. Can get each one of them a pretzel and then we can still try one. I made it in the mixer. I, I was struck as I was making it at how similar the ingredients were to the bread we made last week, the no need present bread. And I guess, you know, I know that's obvious for people who bake bread a lot, but it was like, oh, here I go again. Flour, salt, yeast, water. And of course, this one had a little bit of sugar in it as well. But it's so fascinating to me that just by changing the method and what you do with it, with the same ingredients, you can end up with very different tasting things. So that was kind of fun. I did skip the instruction to place the dough in a bag and allow it to rest. I reviewed the comments and I noticed that someone had asked if that bag was necessary and they said, no, you can also place it in a covered bowl. So I did just want to share that. You don't have to throw your dough into a, a Ziploc bag and let it rest in there. I think that was just, you You were guessing, Stefan, that that might have been just to make it a little bit warmer. Yeah, or tidier, again, if it was a mess Or thing. tidier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought the making the bath that you soak the pretzels in was so much fun because when you have the boiling water and you throw the baking soda in, it starts bubbling like crazy. Yeah. So it was a little yeah. Yeah. science experiment. That's always fun. I did want to point out one other thing, a step in the recipe that at first struck me as a little bit of King Arthur marketing, but I am here to say that this is true. On step five, they tell you to prepare a baking sheet by spraying it with vegetable oil spray or lining it with parchment paper. And then they say, if you're not using King Arthur Flowers brand, grease the parchment with vegetable oil spray to make sure the bites won't stick. Well, you know, when I first read that, I thought, oh, right, if you're not using our brand, you know, it's going to stick. But I have to say that when I went to that bread cooking class at the grains conference, that we were using kind of a commercial parchment paper. It just came off of a huge roll. And all of those chefs, as we were taking that parchment paper and laying in our pans, they were all spraying with their kitchen spray. And I have never sprayed my parchment. I've always bought it from King Arthur. And so it is true. I do not find that their parchment sticks at all. Is it a little greasy? Like, does it have like a pre-sprayed kind of something on it? It must. It must. I haven't looked on the website to read the full instructions. But yes, I'm thinking there must be something on it. I buy it from them because uh, it's that 18 by 13 size, which perfectly fits my sheet pans. And they put it on sale usually once a year. It's it's not cheap. It's $20 for 100 sheets. Okay. But I, when they put it on sale, it's either 25% off or half off, and they'll do free shipping. And I reuse it. I will use uh, the same parchment sheet sometimes two, three, four times. It okay. really lasts. Okay. So I, I did just want to put in a little plug there for that. So I thought dipping the pretzels in that warm water was really fun. I put them on the baking sheet. They came out of the oven. They were so hot and smelled so good. I had to, you know, hold myself back <laughs> to make sure I, I didn't I didn't do as <laughs> you mentioned. One other tiny variation on step eleven, they say brush the pretzels thoroughly with the melted butter. Keep brushing the butter until you've used it all up. It may seem like a lot, but that's what gives these pretzels their ethereal taste. I have to admit I could not use all of the butter. I mean, I I just felt like I put so much butter on it and I still had a lot left. What did you do? I used all the butter. (laughs) 
Okay. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, that's obviously the instruction. I just, it, it, it was at the point where it was like, I had so much on it and I just felt like it was sliding off onto the paper. Like the pretzels weren't absorbing it anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I kind of did like a round and then stopped and let it sink in a little bit. I don't, I don't exactly remember how that went down, but I do mm-hmm. remember that there wasn't any butter left in my in my bowl at the end. So ethereal is the right word. These yes. were simultaneously that good, just chewy pretzel, but they also were kind of crunchy. And I think that's down to this bath they have in this in this baking soda solution, and then you've got your salt. And then just very rich from that butter. I mean, warm hot bread on it was a cold day I was making these. And I just, I think you're about in heaven. Yeah. Two things I wanted to point out that were really helpful to me here gadget-wise was uh, my kitchen ruler. I just have a ruler that lives in the kitchen, hence it is the kitchen ruler. And when you <laughs> need um, when you need to, to make something a certain length as you are trying to do here with these these ropes, long ropes of dough, it's hard to eyeball sometimes. And uh, that's a that's an easy implement to keep with your with your spoons and whatnot. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And the other is my kitchen scale. You are making eight pretzels and I think it was Alton Brown, you were saying his recipes, he often says if you have multiples of something, you want to make sure they're all the same size so that they're baking at the same Mm -hmm. rate. And so here, um, King Arthur advises that each dough ball is about two and a half ounces. And I just threw them all on my all on my scale to make sure that that mine were all the same size. Yeah, I did that as well. They they mentioned I was I was using my scale on the grams weight, so they mentioned each one to be about seventy grams. I got seven seventy gram pieces, and then my last piece was about thirty five grams. So I made that one into the pretzel bite instead of into an actual pretzel. Oh yeah. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, Stefan, we both took photos of our completed pretzels and shared them with each other. I don't know if you noticed, but yours were much prettier than mine. And I feel like mine puffed so much that the insides touched. So they still had the outer pretzel shape, but they almost look more like a bun than a pretzel. I'm wondering if you know what kept yours from, you know, puffing and touching each other on the inside. That's a really good question. It was nothing I did consciously. They really held their pretzel shape. It's true. They looked really, yeah, I I was proud of that as well, that they looked pretzely. Did (laughs) you follow all of the uh, resting that's in this recipe? Roll it out, rest it. Shape it, rest it. You know, I might... Ooh, now that you mention that, okay, I might have over-rested. So the first rest, they say allow it to rest for 30 minutes. It's possibly I did it for longer than that, which would have resulted in maybe it being over-risen. Could be. Could be. I'm assuming the taste and everything was still really good from what it sounds like very popular oh, yes. with, your, mm-hmm. with your family, but that just the, the shape of it didn't look so pretzely. Yeah, that could be from maybe just, yeah, having some really, really active yeast there too. That might be a, yeah. Served it with mustard. We like our pretzels with mustard. I used kosher salt. I think in the future, if I keep making these, I do want to get my hands on some pretzel salt because the kosher salt just sort of sinks into the bread and you don't really see it. I kind of like being able to see the salt on my pretzels. It, I don't know, just makes it more fun. Yeah, you know, I used that Canadian uh, sea salt that you brought me, gosh, I guess oh. when maybe when you visited me. And that was really nice just because those yes. flakes, you could see them and you can almost 
taste them in a different way since they're flat and not round. So that shouldn't, I don't know why that kind of stuff makes a difference, but it does. And it really does. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, listeners, we hope that you also enjoyed making these hot buttered soft pretzels. This was a really fun recipe. I know I'm adding it into my regular repertoire for sure. And if you haven't had enough butter on your bread, never fear. This week we're making homemade monkey bread. And this is essentially like a pull-apart cinnamon roll that is in a bunt pan. We love our bunts here at Preheated. This one, Andrea, I have eaten monkey bread. I have never made it, although I do make cinnamon rolls quite frequently. Do you know why it's called monkey bread? I, I don't know this. Oh, I don't know why it's called monkey bread. Like you, I've eaten it a lot. I, I think for some reason this is a very popular dish for people to bring into office potlucks. Okay. Because as I'm thinking about where I've eaten monkey bread, it's always been at an office potluck event. Someone has brought in monkey bread. Maybe it's because it's easy to transport once it's in that bunt. Uh, maybe it's because it's easy to make. Maybe it's because it disappears because everyone loves it so much. I don't know, but... Easy to serve because you can just pull it apart. Just dive into it. So, right. yeah, it's. I'm really excited to try it. You know, we... Um, picked bread month based on listener feedback and we're really glad you guys picked bread month we started off the month being pretty savory with our no need peasant bread and then our hot buttered pretzels we did decide on this particular recipe to throw in a little sugar so here's your sweet bread in case you've been missing missing the sweetness and just some notes on this recipe, uh, right at the top, she says, and we should mention this is from Sally's Baking Addiction. You and I have baked from this website for years, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we've yes. done some of her recipes, um, previous preheated episodes oh, yes. as well. Uh, this is an overnight recipe because you are rising this dough overnight and then again. So this might be the most labor-intensive and, and uh, certainly rising time of all the recipes that we're doing this month. So just take that into account as you're, as you're setting aside your, your time to make this looks fantastic. Uh, here is an active dry yeast. Up until now, we've been using an instant yeast. Active dry yeast is just a little bit different. It needs some water and sometimes some sugar to activate it. So that's the difference. Make sure you're buying the correct type of yeast in, uh, in the grocery store, and it should be labeled very clearly. Remember, we'll have a link to these recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as on our Pinterest and Facebook pages. Well, Andrea, it's time for an entry into the globe-trotting gourmet. My family and I were lucky enough to head to Finland during my children's half-term week in February. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about this. I've never been to Finland. I know very little about it, so I just can't wait. It was a first for all of us as well. Had never been to any of the Scandinavian countries, had not been to Finland. And we flew into Helsinki, which is about uh, three hours northeast of London, and stayed there for two nights and then went on to a tiny little town called Ivalo, which is only about 20 kilometers from the Russian border. So we were able to see the Russian border. I can see Russia from here. It's <laughs> exactly what I thought. I know. I did. I saw it. It looked just like Finland. So... <laughs> So food-wise, I wasn't really prepared, so I didn't I didn't really know what I was going to encounter. Unfortunately, so much great food. Uh, in the interest of of time and of interest in this podcast, I'll stick to some of the sweeter things that I ate. So Finland is obsessed with berries, and it was very prescient that you were talking about your golden berry at the top of the show because uh, we had so many different types of types of berries, and uh, the first. Uh, 
instance was on the on the flight I've never in all of my years of flying been offered bilberry juice would you like water coffee or bilberry juice so of course I said bilberry juice of course what's a bilberry bilberry is kind of the unofficial national uh, berry of Finland, and it's very much like a wild blueberry. Um, so if you think of those very small, delicious, dark blue blueberries. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Kind of reminds me of a huckleberry a little bit. Yes, yes, but tastes more like the sweetness of a blueberry, I think. Okay, okay. So from there, it was just a berry palooza. Uh, we had <laughs> something called... Cloud berries, and this sounds very similar to this golden berry you were talking about because it looks like an orange blackberry. Apparently, I have never had this in the States, but it's also grown commercially in uh, both New York and Minnesota. So it is should be available oh. to you uh, at home as well. Uh, those bilberries that I talked about, the lingonberry, and around the world, Andrea, there are 25 different names for the lingonberry, but... It oh is very gosh. similar to a cranberry and has that very, very tart nature. Oh, I just figured that Ikea had trademarked the Lincolnberry because whenever I go there and I go into the food section, it seems that everything has some Lincolnberry in it. It's true. They are uh, they are very, very proud. And also, there's just a lot of talk about all the health benefits that come from these berries. And especially, I think, you know, you and I have talked about uh, the, the dark kind of purple colors of things like beets and then these berries mm-hmm. and how those are such very uh, healthful antioxidants that are in all of those dark blue and, and uh, purple, red flavored and colored uh, berries. Yeah, you just feel so good while you're eating them. You feel like you're getting all of your vitamins two desserts that I had using those berries. The first, I'm going to try my very best, Mustika Kukau. I really think that's slaughtered. I looked so hard on Google to see if I could hear someone and I couldn't. So I will loosely translate that as a blueberry jar. It is a traditional Finnish bilberry dessert and it's like a cobbler, but it's Mm. baked in a tin cup. Oh, how cute. I love it. It was fabulous. The next one was a little more strange. It was a Lapland squeaky cheese and jam. So if you imagine, do you know the cheese halloumi? Yes. Which is Mm -hmm. actually, I think, a Greek cheese. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a curdy, squeaky cheese. And it was cubes of that stewed in a caramel cream custard, which sounds so bizarre and was so delicious. Like hot, sweet cheese not a bad thing. Okay, I was wondering if it was hot because when Mm -hmm. I've had halloumi, it's been grilled and, you know, they serve it warm and it's so good. So it's the same type of cheese that it can stand up to that heat. Exactly. With just this sweet caramel cream and then it had some of the, the berry jam on top as well. So those were two of the berry desserts that I absolutely loved. And then the final thing I just wanted to say in reference to bread month is that the lodge that we stayed at, the chef was very loved making bread. So of course I got chatting with him. And every morning at breakfast, he made a huge big urn of of porridge, of oatmeal. Okay. And with the leftovers, he made what he called porridge bread. And Andrea, have you ever made or eaten like a potato loaf? Um, I've definitely eaten a potato loaf. And lately, anytime I've been eating hamburgers I've been eating them on potato rolls right so they're very fluffy yeasted bread Mm -hmm. but has usually like a mashed potato component in in the dough I always assumed that it was um 
you know those instant potato flakes you can buy at the grocery store? I always assumed that they were using those in the dough, those potato flakes. But it sounds like you can use actual potatoes. Yes. The ones that I've made have you just use some leftover mashed potatoes. Okay. Right. So that's the concept he was going for here. He was using leftover porridge into these loaves of bread and they were delicious. So it was a large buffet at the lodge and every night people would be going absolutely nuts for the bread the line for the bread was always longer than whatever else was on the menu and I just thought it was such a clever way to reuse a healthy ingredient not let anything go to waste and then you know come up with with something that was so desirable and and people were clamoring for so we ate a lot of porridge bread yeah I love that so much I only have one thought or memory associated with leftover porridge or leftover oatmeal and it's kind of a low point in my professional career there there was a time you know how you hear that that phrase that if everyone has to do something then no one does it that's Mm. how I felt about the kitchen sink at our office because since we didn't have one person who was assigned to for example rinse the dishes and place them in the dishwasher no one did it. And so the sink would just get really full. And then I would feel like I had to do it. And one day when I was rinsing the dishes and putting them in the dishwasher, I came across a cup where someone had made some oatmeal and then left the remaining oatmeal in a cup. And if you've had oatmeal sitting in a cup for a couple of hours, you know, it gets completely dried out and tacked on. And so I took a photo of it and I sent just this strident email to the entire office about people needing to clean up after themselves. And later I was so embarrassed that I did that. (laughs) So Sounds like you need to to make some bread to lower your anxiety level. (laughs) Maybe you could have made some porridge bread. It sounds like... I know. See, had I known that, I would have said, why, why, thank you, busy, busy person who didn't have time to rinse your cup. I'll just take these leftover oats and use them to make some nice warm bread. There you go. There you have it. All in all, Finland was was really fabulous. It was it was freezing cold. Of course, we were in the Arctic Circle. We did dog sledding. We did snowshoeing. We did snowmobiling. We went to a reindeer farm. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. It was really active, and then we would come into these wonderful meals and just really hearty, warm food. It was it was lovely. It was it was definitely uh, one for the memory books. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I wonder if berries you know they if they just have this short period of time where they get the sun and berries are just so vibrant and so flavorful that it really just kind of reminds them that's probably something they look forward to all winter long when it's so cold reminds them that the sun is coming those berries are going to pop out and everything's going to be sweet and good I think that's a really good point because it is very gray and then the white with the snow everywhere, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of color at all. And so you have these these really vibrant colors and it, it's a very cheerful, cheerful thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get this episode onto the cooling rack. Next week, we'll review our homemade monkey bread and give you not one, but two choices of bake-alongs, an Australian yeast bread and a no-need sourdough loaf. 
and the Preheated Book Club will be back with some on-theme titles to tackle while waiting for your dough to rise. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and Twitter at Preheated Pod. If you like our show, please do tell a friend and consider going and ranking and reviewing us on Google Play or Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you download our podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Performed and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.